and welcome to another edition of Conversations and Connections. This is the official podcast of the Family Crisis Center of East Texas. I'm Stuart Burson, the Prevention Coordinator for the agency. And today we're going to talk about the kids that we help and the kids that we serve. And I have with us and Monica, I should have asked you this before we recorded, but I'm going to ask you now and I'm going to embarrass myself. Monica, I know you, I know Monica, is it Ibarra? Ibarra. Ibarra. Okay, I was close, <laughs> and I should know that. You've, you've been with us enough now. I, 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 That's okay. Uh, Monica Ibarra, and, and Monica works with our kids that are back there in the safe house, right? I do. I am the child's advocate here. Okay, awesome. And you've, I, I guess it's unfair to call you new now. You've been with us now. How long have you been with the agency? I started in August, so I added it up yesterday. It's nine months already. Almost a year. Awesome. It's crazy. Awesome. Because I think I actually hit Monica up about three months into her job and uh, uh, the, about coming into the podcast, and you weren't quite ready yet. You wanted to get some experience under your feet, and I, I completely... Uh, I get that, but thank you for oh, no, for, you. for coming in and doing this because uh, I think it's interesting. I think a lot of times, um, you know, we always talk about um, our survivors of domestic violence and sexual assault. You know, who who live in the safe house, and your office is in the safe house. It is. And a lot of times, you know, we do have kids that are back there, too. They got, you know, mom comes to the safe house. Well, the kids come with her, obviously. And so we have kids, and the kids may not be direct survivors of DV or, or, or sexual assault, but whatever happens to mom a lot of times affects the kids, yes, uh, I, I'm sure. So um, you, you do, I think the, the job you do back there is very commendable, and you do have a unique position here at the agency. You do work with the kids as best as you can. Kind of summarize what exactly... Okay, you work with kids. What does that what what does that mean? <laughs> it, it 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 involves a lot of different things. I think um I think my job is probably one of the more rewarding jobs because I do get to interact with the children on a daily basis. Um I get to see them when they first come in, how they're coming from a traumatic experience or whatever's going on at home. They come here to us and we get to see them evolve and they get you know, if they get counseling and they, they blossom, they become just completely outgoing children from when they first started. But so one of the things that some of the things that I do, I do outreach and um, even safe house intakes. I get the parents to come in. We do a, um, a kind of a history on the parents, try to figure out what's going on, what's happened. <clears throat> and then we do a needs assessment on the children to find out what the children need to be successful, whether it's school enrollment, whether it's immunizations, um, if it's uh, sending them to the doctor to get a checkup. Sometimes the kids come in, haven't had a checkup in years. We try yeah. to you know, refer them out to people that will do that for them. Uh, we also give them school supplies if they need that. We do birthday assistance, Christmas assistance. Um, we have a local company who... For the children's birthdays, they provide gifts for their birthdays and a cake. So we get to do that just to kind of help the kids feel a little normalcy, you know, when they're yeah. experiencing a lot of chaos. Um, I'm also provide legal advocacy for the children. Let's say somebody, a child has to go to court. They are either a witness or 
just whatever is needed. I get to do court accompaniment. I help with um, court preparation if that's needed. I'm also a liaison with Tanya Akridge, Lufkin ISD. I know you've had her on here before. Right. And um, I work really closely with her. Um, She's very good at keeping up with our kids. She lets me know if there's any kind of need, and we work together to fulfill that need for the children. So we get to do a lot of recreation with the children also. We have events. COVID kind of put a stop to yeah, a lot. Right. It slowed that down a lot, but we do a Halloween event. We do Valentine's, Easter, um, Christmas. Christmas. Our Christmas event is probably our biggest one. Again, this past year was my first Christmas here, and I hear it was not as spectacular. It was as very it to- It was very toned down from yes, what we usually do. Down, right, right. It was it, that was definitely fulfilling for me. Um, we get to shop for the kids and get them whatever it is they need. We also have local families that adopt our families, and so that helps out a lot too. So I'm involved in all of that, and I kind of help distribute the Christmas assistance and then the school supplies if needed. And then we also do support groups for the shelter and outreach children. And um, I do presentations at the school, which right now with COVID that has stopped. But that's something else that I get to do yeah. once we get back to normal, if we do. And see, that's that's really everything you just spoke about. I think sometimes if people just looked at you or – let me rephrase that subject because they're not looking at you. But if they were just kind of familiar with your job title and that you're back there, you're back there working with the kids, mm-hmm. I think – a lot of us would just think of, okay, well, you help kind of counsel the kids and or talk to them about the stuff they've gone through, but you do a heck of a lot more it, than that. It is a lot more. And counseling, we have our counselors that sure. we refer them out sure. to, but they do come into my office. They do speak to me a little bit of what's going on. You have those children that are very open about what's going on in their life, and then you yeah. have those that won't speak. Um, but they do sometimes open up to me and I, I, you know, I don't question them much. I just let them talk Yeah. and, um, and I'm there for them. And I do have, um, I'm in the safe house. So I do have moms come to me sometimes and they're, Hey, this child is not acting, is is not acting right. Or they're not listening to me. Can you help me? And so I call them in my office and we have a little (laughs) chat and, and it, it, it's, it's great to have them in there because if they are not listening to mom, they listen to me a little bit. And so it's, I right. love having that interaction. Sure. With them. So yes, it, it, it's a lot. And every day is, it's something different. You have crises that happened this morning, school called, you know, every day it's something <laughs> different. So it's fun. And, um, it's just something different every day. And I love it. Well, I think it's interesting too. You have to really be flexible. I'm sure because when we talk about kids, I mean, kids back there can be one years old or they can be a teenager. Mm -hmm. So you have to be accommodating in the way you present yourself and I guess, and and the way you, you uh, interact, interact with them because it's such a wide, it's such a wide range of ages. It is back there. It is definitely. um, I have, we have infants, you know, that just require to be carried sometimes. And we have teenagers and it does entail getting down to their level yeah. and speaking to them. And 
you know, words, using vocabulary that they, they're familiar with, getting down to their level, asking them just simple questions. Um, you will have those that will not speak more than a few words. And I think teenagers are more at that age. Right. <laughs> you have the little kids that they first come in and they give you a hug and they're telling you about their whole day. So you yeah. have a little bit of everything. Sure. And I, and I guess you have to kind of keep abreast of the lingo that kids use these days, what's popular with kids these days. You probably know more about video games than I do because you have to relate to these kids, right? So yes. you probably have to keep up with the music they listen to, the 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 media they consume, and all of that as well. Yes, I do. And it's very, <laughs> it's very helpful that I have three children. So I have a 17-year-old daughter, I have a 12-year-old son, and a well, about to be ten year old boy. Well, there you go. That's so, awesome. So, so they they are at that different ages. So I kind of get to get a little bit from them. Right. I know about Minecraft. I knew about Fortnite. I knew about <laughs> um, what is it now? They do that game on the phone where they all imposter. Last oh, uh, I I know what you're talking about. I can't yes. think of the name of Among it. Us. Among Us. Yes. Yeah. So so yeah. I've learned a lot because of my children, and that does carry over into what I get to see here and right. interact with the children. So it's great knowing when, when they say something, I'm like, oh, I know exactly what they're talking that's about. Cool. That's so cool. That's that's neat. Uh, I know you're not a counselor, but do you, what do you see in kids as far as the impact that domestic violence may have on them? If they're not a direct, in prevention work, you know, we, we try to avoid the use of the word victim. So I don't know if I'm going to say victim, but if they're, if their parent, if they have a parent that's a survivor of domestic violence, what kind of an impact does that have on a child or what you see, I guess? What I have seen, and it's heartbreaking, um, you do see the children that come in. And like I've said before, you have some that will not speak, will not say much. But you do see um, behaviors, uh, anxious behaviors. I'll see, um, especially in the young ones, and, and I've kind of narrowed it down to, I've, I've noticed that like children that are preschool age, they revert back to, um, we have some incidents where they do bedwetting, sucking their thumb. They'll, um, they'll be very uh, whiny, crying a lot. Okay. Um, you'll see the separation anxiety. They do not want to be anywhere without their mother or father. We've had that, that too. And so they are clinging on to their parents everywhere they go. So I, I see that a lot. Um, for the school age children, I'll see where they, you can see the self-esteem. They'll feel guilty. I've had a few say, you know, that they feel like, well, if I hadn't done this, maybe this wouldn't have happened. And I think parents don't realize that even though they think they're hiding the situation that they were living in, that the children can pick up on that, and they do pick up, and it affects them more than what we think it does. Yeah, I think and, we don't give kids the credit that they deserve a lot of times because I think they are, they're a lot smarter sometimes than we give them credit for. I agree, and, and I do see that with the teenagers. We see more of their – they don't want to listen to mom. They don't want to do homework. They want to be on their electronics. They kind of close themselves off. They um, You'll have them – either sometimes pick fights at school, they don't want to go to school, you'll see that they um, they have depression, uh, they have yeah. the anxiety, they have the 
um, bully, they'll bully other people. You, you see different mm-hmm. things in different children. And then you have some children that are completely unfazed by it, or they have a different way of coping with yeah. it. So we have seen, I've seen a lot in the being back in the safe house. And, you know, we, ha- one of the things that I always recommend to moms and dads, when they come in, do you want them to get receive counseling? And you'll have parents that say, I don't think they really need it. And then, but then they'll, well, but I don't know, because I am struggling with them and doing this. And I'm always like, you know what, just let's, let me do the referral counselor yeah. can evaluate. And if she doesn't feel there's a need, she'll let you know. Right. And, um, and it usually works out that there is a need. Yeah. Um, and I think kids, I mean, it's tough being a kid these days. Well, I think I, I've heard of instances also where some kids are angry at mom for pulling them out of the house, pulling them away from dad their friends. and their friends and taking them to a brand new place. And they're, they're they're mad at mom for taking them out of the home. They you do, know? and they're resentful, and and they sometimes they are not aware of the full situation that was going yeah. on and why mom felt the need to leave. Um, and sometimes they are, but they still just coming to a place like this where there's other people around. It, it is hard. It's it's not necessarily the best situation to be in sometimes, mm-hmm. but it is better than being in a domestic violence situation. Oh, sure. And, sure. and sometimes uh, it, it, that's what counseling is great for because we can do counseling with the parent and we can do counseling with the ch- child. And they kind of, the counselors will explain, you know, try to get them to see yeah. that this is, this is for the better good for everybody. We're, we're trying, it's not, it's not the best mm-hmm. ideal situation, but we want you to be safe. And that's what we're ultimately, we want the children to be safe. Right, so, right. Yeah. Sure. Um, so working with the kid, like when you work with kids, I know it's different than work, working with adults. And again, I always want to preface this by saying, I know you, you are not a counselor, and I don't <laughs> want to give anybody the impression that you are a counselor. But uh, have you ever done similar work with adults or or anything like that? I worked at the courthouse for 14 years. I was a court coordinator there. Oh, okay. So I did work in the court system. My husband is law enforcement, so I also have that going. Okay. So I, there's a lot... I, I've, I have never worked in counseling or anything like that, but I have worked with the public a lot. And one of the things that I I loved about my job previously, I helped people, but I was limited in what I could do. I couldn't help the way if they needed resources, I couldn't always refer them to a resource. Or if, if they needed some kind of advice, I wasn't yeah. allowed to give that. I worked for an elected official and that's not something that it's not in our scope. We're not allowed right, to do that. Right, right. So that was very, so I've been around it. I see it a lot. I worked yeah. in the criminal system and in the civil system. So I've seen a lot of what goes on behind the scenes. And so when I started working at this agency, a whole new world was open to me because I, I saw what all this agency offers. Yeah. And I, I was not aware of, I thought women's shelter, they help people that are in domestic violence. Yeah, and I think that's right. But I didn't realize the extension of Mm -hmm. how many different things we have going on here. And now that I work here, I love I love what all this agency right. is and what it yeah. stands for. And I'm sure now you it, it probably feels good for you also to have the freedom to be able to refer different resources to our clients and tell them all the yes. things that are available to them, and you're not 
probably as restricted as you I'm not as, as restricted, you and I get to help. We definitely teach parents here empowerment, and we want them to take that power back and uh, do for themselves. And so we get to refer them to, if it's they need daycare assistance, I know who to get them in contact with. Mm-hmm. Let's help you set this up. They need food stamps referral. We get to set, help them with that transitional. We get to refer them out to that. So there's so many different things that we yeah. get to to help them with. And I think it. I've seen it, how you have some women that come in here, they're timid, they're scared, they don't know, they don't know if they can do this. And then they end up leaving here and they're, to me, successful. Well, the situation is probably so overwhelming. You know, they're dealing with the, uh, the abusive relationship. And I think in some relationships, the husband probably did everything mm-hmm. as far as finances and whatever. And then all of a sudden, they're on their own and yes. probably don't even know where to begin. Yes. And yes. Uh, that's where you come in and, and, and helping yes. them do so many things. And that's uh, that's yes. great. That is definitely great. And, and I love that we get to, <clears throat> if they don't know how to interact with the school, you know, I Mm-hmm. Give them the first. I'll help you get this started, and then you're. We're gonna let you do it, and then if you need any help, let me know, and I've got your back. And you see that they get to where. Oh yeah, I call the school, and I took care of it, and, and you yeah. see that, and that's like great job. I, you know, you know, you're helping them out, and that's a fulfilling. It feels really sure. good to do that. What made you decide to get in this, to to do this line of of work? Well, again, I worked at the court system and I did that for 14 years before COVID. I lost my job right before COVID. And um, I was home for a little while and which, which timing was great. I was home with my kids when all of this was happening. But my friend Stacy works here and she, we both worked at the court at the same time at the courthouse. And she let me know that there was a position. She said, I thought of you. And uh, she said, I know what you've done at the courthouse, and I think this is a job that you would be great at. And I looked at it, and I said, you know what? It's So I, I felt like it was out of my element, but I also I prayed about it. And, and sure enough, I, I'm going to apply because I feel this yeah. is something that I would love to do. And um, and I applied, and I'm here, and I, I love it. I, this is not <laughs> – I've always wanted to work in a place where I felt I was making a difference or helping people out. And I, like I said before, I felt I was so limited before, and now I, I, I don't have that limitation. Yeah. I, I can help people, and I, and I, and I go home every day, feeling like I've accomplished something. Well, you, you, you kind of just answered my next question, <laughs> but I'm going to ask it anyway. You may want to elaborate on it. You know what? What do you take away from this? Um, obviously, just from what you've you've said, you you do find this very rewarding. Um, especially working with children, I'm assuming. So what is it that you, what, what drives you and and what really, what do you get out of this? The most rewarding thing to me is seeing the parents be successful and see, seeing how they, they're providing a loving and nurturing home. They are, they have a job They're They're trying to provide a better home for the children and they want to be successful and seeing how that carries into the children, how they're happy. They, they, they feel safe. They're not scared. They feel completely at ease. And that to me is the most rewarding seeing how they 
when they first come in here to see us and then when they leave here seeing how they they are at a better frame of mind the moms as well as the children that's the most rewarding to me to see that they're being successful and they're doing everything they're supposed to be doing. And I guess that's really good seeing someone come in that just is probably at the lowest point they may have ever been in their lives and not knowing how to deal with the system. When I mean the system, dealing with the schools and assistance and and things like that and then leaving knowing about all of that and yeah. knowing that they've they know how to deal with things in the future if what if something comes up. Yes, and they do. They leave. They they've overcome all the obstacles they had in their way, and they've done it. And they they leave here feeling empowered. Yeah. And they, it, I always tell them, call me if you need anything, because I know sometimes when you get out of, back into the real world, um, you have problems that arise, <laughs> and they they do get scared. And I'm like, just I'm a phone call away. Just call me, and I'll still help you with everything. And so that that to me, just the fact that we get to stay in touch with them, it, that to me is something that yeah. I, I love because I get to see that they're still they're still moving forward and they're still doing what they're, they're sure. supposed to be doing. So that's that's awesome. very rewarding. All right, Monica, thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks thank for spending you. some time time with us uh, again, um, Monica Ibarra. Ibarra, thank you. <laughs> I, 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 Monica Ibarra, you are our children's advocate. Yes, child's advocate. Uh, our child's advocate uh, with the Family Crisis Center. Um, and if you have any questions or comments about the podcast, you can email us. That uh, email is conversationsandconnections at fccet.com. Also, if you have a need for any of our services, if you feel like you need our services uh, for any reason, we do have a... 24-hour, seven-day-a-week hotline. That number is 1-800-828-7233. Again, that number is 1-800-828-7233. By all means, if you feel like you need us, call us. We're here for you. And remember, be the voice, if not for you, for someone else.